You're listening to HR Mavericks, a weekly podcast featuring leading small business HR professionals who share their experiences and insights to help you know how to turn your HR processes and employee experience into a strategic business advantage. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the next episode of the HR Mavericks podcast. I'm Garrett Justice, and today I'm joined by Kim Bozeman, who is a founder and principal consultant at KMV Sensible Solutions. Kim, how are you doing today? I am, it's Friday. I'm fantastic. It's Friday, and I get to talk to y'all. Doing great. Good. Well, we are super excited to have you on the show today. And you're coming to us from beautiful Northern California, wine country. Is that right? Yeah, good old town of Lodi. We have 82 wineries here. I, yeah, so yeah. sounds like the vacation spot. I think there's hopefully someone listening to this is looking for a vacation is going to come up your your way after this. Yes, yes, and tell them to go to Michael David Winery. That's like my shameless plug for them. Great people, great Good. wine, great caps. Good. Well, if you're planning a, a planning a vacation in Northern California, you know who to hit up. Just reach out to Kim, right? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, Kim, it's great to have you on the show. And before we jump into our topic, we want to just know a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit more about you and your career background and also your company. Oh, okay. So I have, um, I'm going to date myself, but I have about 20 years of um, experience, operations, and HR, pretty much touching all uh, competencies from training and delivery, um, you know, compensation, full cycle recruiting. Um, I like to say busy, multitask. you know, I also am a former barista. I always have to give a plug. Uh, mm-hmm. 13 years on the grind at Starbucks serving coffee with a smile. Wow. Um, you know, about two years ago, really, um, to be quite honest, I was having some trouble like breaking into HR, um, even though I had a tremendous amount of experience and also trying to figure out where in HR I belong. So I just said, you know, I am really passionate about the craft that I've always worked two to three jobs. And so I said, why don't I just go out on my own and, you know, be able to um, go into the market and offer HR support to small businesses, right? And because I'm very fortunate that I had a full-time job already, I could make HR a little bit more accessible for the mm-hmm. small businesses or the startups. And so two years ago, I started KMB Sensible Solutions. And, you know, it's just been a whirlwind. I really focus on startups and, you know, HR department of builds and, you know, helping uh, companies decide, you know, do we need a, you know, on-site HR or, you know, are we going to need HR maybe in a year or two when we scale? And so it's been fantastic. A lot of bumps and curves and hiccups, but I wouldn't have it any other way. That's excellent. I love it. I love hearing that. So, you know, one of the questions I really like to ask a lot of our guests just to kind of get started is, is what really led you to a career in HR? You talked about you know, you kind of just jumped into it a couple of years ago and then you've been working as a consultant. Um, but what what was that that drive that really pulled you into that that space of HR? Well, you know, it's really funny to be quite honest, Garrett. You know, I like I said, I have had a background in HR for a long time. Yeah. However, you know, I went just back to school to obtain my degree very, very late in life. And, you know, I had just uh, left the company where I was a trainer um, for almost eight years. And, you know, just to fast forward, you know, someone asked me like, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? 
And I was like, I love people. I love policy. I love strategy, right? I like multitasking. I like wearing, you know, different hats, right? And I love benefits, you know, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like thinking. And then I just started like writing it down and I'm like, that's HR, that's Uh HR, Uh that's HR. And it's like, I felt really, really silly, but it's like, it's HR. Like that's what you've done your whole life. Right. Um, and so then it was like figuring out, right. Like, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, I just fell into HR. Well, that's really not my story because then once I defined like what I wanted as a career Mm -hmm. and I realized it was always HR, I, I struck, it was a bit difficult because, you know, a lot of my titles, right. Weren't the traditional HR generalist, you know, HR manager. So then I became, you know, it was like, well, I had all the experience, right. I had done everything from benefits, training, investigations, people managing. Mm -hmm. It just, it was, it was a little bit hard to pinpoint. So to answer your question, right. That's kind of when I realized it was always HR, but going back to, you know, my second job, right. Training and development, managing people, corrective actions, right. It was, it was always what I did. I just didn't really know it was human resources. And then I said, wait, I got a degree in political science and all I needed was a SHRM certification or a PHR. <laughs> <laughs> I was, that was $62,000 late. Yeah. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Because like I said, my degree is in political science because uh-huh. I was going to be a government teacher. I love policy. I love the law. And yeah. so here I yeah. am. <laughs> love it. Love it. I love hearing yeah. that, that background. Everyone kind of comes from a you know different place and it's interesting hearing how you got to where you're at. So, well, I'm excited to dive into our topic today too, Kim. Um, You, as we talked about, you know, what do we discuss today on this episode? You kind of proposed this idea of, you know, DEI, right? Something that I know you're super passionate about. And specifically for these small businesses, if you're that HR professional, are you part of the DEI problem or part of the solution in your workplace, right? Right, yeah, it's extremely important to me. So I'm, I'm excited to dive into this one. Let's jump into it. And really the first question I have for you is, you know, why do you want to talk about this particular topic today? What makes you so passionate about it? And why did you pick this topic? Okay, so so for me to not go on a 25-minute like uh, <laughs> discussion, I would say, you know, why not? be talking yeah. about it. It's absolutely the most important thing that we sh- businesses should be talking about from two, two, two lenses, right? From the people lens. We know that your employees are the most valuable thing in your organization. They're either going to break you or make you, right? And so while a lot of people in the last two years, the spotlight has you know, been been brightened on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It should have always been there, right? And if companies really want to, especially these smaller organizations that are having to compete with the Amazons, you know, in the big, big industries, uh, companies, if they're not paying attention to, to diversity, equity, and inclusion, they will not survive, right? Mm-hmm. The and from a business perspective, right, which it's, it's so much more than that, but like the business case tells us that diversity, equity, and inclusion, once you make that a focus, you're, you have much more innovation, much more creativity, right? Statistics show that 
people want to feel engaged and they want to feel like the companies that they are going to really care about them, right? And that all comes from talking about understanding and immersing diversity, equity, and inclusion into everything that you do. And I think it's really, really important, right, that people understand diversity, equity, and inclusion is about much more than race, right? And while we have obviously very much well needed a spotlight on the Black experience or, you know, ableism and people with disabilities, right? It's about so much more. And those things are have to absolutely be the foundation for companies if they really want to attract the best talent, if they want to be around, if they want to have longevity, right? We've got to talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you're absolutely right. And I, and I really like you know, a lot of what you said there. One of the things that where my head goes is I know so many of our listeners are those small businesses uh, who often have either that solo HR person or just a really small HR department. And I would be willing to bet most of them know the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion, but where they're really struggling probably at this point, because it's a solo HR department, they're doing everything that you just mentioned, right? Benefits to, you know, everything, you know, that what the, the struggle is, you know, how do you put enough focus on that when you are that solo HR person, or maybe you're a business that doesn't yet have HR support? How can you really help your organization's DEI efforts? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And a couple of things. I think the reality is, is we live in the day and age where there's a lot of information that is that is free, right? But then it becomes how do you vet what is right? And what is, you know, honest and true, right? And so I think it's about, you know, um, networking, right? Surrounding yourself with people with different opinions, right? With different organizations and being very intentional about that, right? There's, I am in a, multiple HR groups, right? There, where there's HR department of ones, but I think it's also important for our HR department of ones to realize, right? The burden cannot be on you and it shouldn't be on you, right? You need to have support from your organization right now. If you're a small business and you don't have HR, right? I understand that, that there are there are budget restraints. There's all of those things, but there still are resources. And so it's just about being in, intentional. And I think the most important thing is that sometimes we feel like we've got, we've got to do things so big, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we forget that what's the most important is to be intentional and to be meaningful and to make meaningful change, right? And that's going to look different in every organization, right? Based on the demographics, right? Like, obviously, I'm in California, you're in Utah, right? How diversity, equity looks in one organization is going to look completely different than a tech startup in San Francisco. And Mm -hmm. that's okay, because when you really, really understand it, then you, you will realize there's so many ways that you can make a meaningful impact. And so I would say to the smaller organizations, the HR department of one, it is not up to one person. It has to be a collective effort, right? Employee participation, getting your employees involved, listening to what they need, right? Taking a pulse on your community, right? Those are all meaningful steps, right? But the first step has to be education and education comes by stepping outside of your comfort zone. So yeah. business owners, right? Are you showing up in chamber of commerce that are in different areas than where you live? 
with people that don't, you know, look like you, different industries, right? Because that's where you're going to get the diversity, different opinions, different outlooks, right? That you can figure out where you can infuse and make change in your organization. Yeah, I love that. A couple of things that stood out from uh, what you said that really resonated with me were, you know, start small, right? Just start small and it's going to look different everywhere. So figure out what that means for your organization. It doesn't have to be something big right away. It, it's got to be a collective effort. So there's got to be buy-in from leadership and across the organization. And then something else that you said earlier on that really sparked and kind of came back to mind as you were talking just now was that DEI should be something that should be um, executed through all aspects of your business, right? So when you think about, you know, that HR professional that has their list of things to do, they have their policy, they have, you know, time off, they have hiring, they have so many other things. It's really about how do you approach each of those things with a lens of how do you improve your diversity, equity, inclusion through all of those different touch points. Is that right? Absolutely. And that's, you know, one of the things that I specialize in and I focus on and I freely share with people, right? The first place you can really start if you're an HR department of one is with your policies and your recruiting strategy, right? Looking at, are there biases? Do you have unstructured interviews, which we know that unstructured interviews tend to lead to more bias, right? Do you have the, if, if you have the capability, right? Does your ATS still display the candidate's name and area, right? Because mm-hmm. um, that's bias. Are you only recruiting from certain schools, right? Like, are you intentionally going to different neighborhoods? Those are all things that you can do. What does your data say? Like, you know, if you look at your leadership, right? Do you see a problem, right? A huge, huge thing that people can do is your interview panels, right? If you use interview panels, make sure that they're, they're diverse. Make sure you have women. Make sure you have, you know, different people. Um, also, even just having something like um, auditory availability for people that struggle with reading, right? I have ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. So when people send me tons of information, right? Or when you're doing your onboarding, can you make it so that people can listen instead yeah. of reading? Those are all things, right? You know, look at your workforce, right? Do you have older people, right? Um, and also even looking at right now, we have this beautiful dynamic of so many different, you know, um, generations in the workplace, right? Are you intentionally understanding how millennials communicate, right? Because they communicate very differently, right? Those are all things that we could do, right? Just as the department of one, right? Example, like I love to say this one, you know, voting, right? Most companies give, um, you know, employees two hours off to vote, right? But if you're an organization in an area where it might have longer voting lines, right, or might have, you know, be a challenge for your employees, just being aware of that and maybe saying like, hey, we're going to give you four hours off, right? That's being inclusive, right? You know, and people kind of don't think about that. Like, you know, there's so much impact that you can make. Are you recognizing other cultures, holidays like the Wally, right? Like, you know, there's so much more that you could recognize, right? Where you make it an inclusive culture, right? And those things cost nothing, right? You know, in your newsletter, just highlighting something that's important to people, right? You know, understanding what pronouns mean. 
right? Mm -hmm. For a long time, I didn't, right? I didn't understand what they meant. And I was ashamed to say it. But once I saw actually on LinkedIn where someone said by me having pronouns, uh, they felt more welcome in my Mm -hmm. space, right? Because I I felt like I I didn't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly always learning. And, And I think that that's the last thing I'll say on this question is, is that, you know, we live in a day and age where unfortunately, right, if you misstep, right, if you say the wrong thing, there's there's a, a lot of people coming to, to burn you at the stake. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is that we're all learning. Right. And, mm-hmm. and with that learning comes mistakes. Right. And as long as we are honest, when we make a mistake, when we when we say something incorrect. Right. There's so much beauty in that. Right. Because there's yeah. someone behind us that is afraid to say, like, hey, I don't know what this means or like, I don't understand why it's so important. Right. But if we're so quick to attack, right, we get nowhere. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that that's I'll I'll stop there. No, it's so important to me. Right. Yeah. I I love I love exactly what you what you're talking about. I mean, it really starts just to kind of recap what we talked about. It starts with education. Right. So you talked about all the different free resources that are available there. So if you don't know, then learn or ask. Right. And then look for small ways to really put yourself in the shoes of your employees, the people who work for your organization and think about your policies, your procedures, your the experience that they're having through their eyes. And if you don't know, ask them, right? And that's when you start having ideas. Like you mentioned, what are other holidays that our employees specifically might want to celebrate? Or when it comes to voting, do our policies really match the reality that um, you know our, our employees are really facing? And so I, I love those ideas and suggestions. I think they're great. Yeah, yeah. And there, you know, and I mean, there's so much we can do, right? But it, it, it also comes from talking, right? You know, I, uh, some of these things, right? Like I heard from someone else, right? Or some of these things I thought about, right? You know, when I just, you know, and it's, it's, it's embarrassing for me to admit, right? But I just learned about Diwali like five years ago, right? I didn't know, you know? And it's like, you know, those things are important, right? They're important yeah. to someone sitting at their desk right now feeling unseen. Yeah. Right. And I think the key piece too um, is making sure you apply it through the lens of your organization, right? Because it doesn't have to be the same in every organization, right? And I think That's that it. so often we kind of get caught up with, we have to try and do all of the things, right? And as long as we're making progress on what matters most to our specific employees in our business, then then we're doing the right thing. We're going in the right direction, right? You're listen, this is, this is it. This is it. Right. Because my mission values and vision for my organization is not going to be the same at Coke. Right. My demographics, right. is not the same. Right. So you, when you, when we talk about that strategy, right, because HR, we need to be strategic, right? Like where can you infuse diversity, equity, and inclusion into your organization that aligns with your mission, your values, and your vision. Because that's when diversity, equity, and inclusion becomes meaningful and impactful, and it doesn't become performative, right? Because if you're just doing it to check a box, right, Mm -hmm. and and there's no sincerity and intentionality behind that, you're completely missing the mark. But once you really say, okay, my organization 
stands for X, Y, and Z. And this collectively, when I look at it, is where I can make an impact, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's really when you're going to own it. That's when the leadership is going to own it. That's when the employees are going to own it. And employees, right, if we've seen nothing else from the great resignation, right, mm-hmm. they are very intentional about um, working for companies where they feel that their values align, right? And the reality is, is that there is so much beauty in the diversity that we have all over the globe, right? Yeah. And everyone is different, right? And that's what true inclusion is about. It's making everyone feel like they can show up and they belong, whether you're black, white, Asian, Muslim, right? Gay, straight, trans, whatever. Can you, not whatever, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be dismissive, but you know, mm-hmm. no. can you show up and be seen, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it's about, right? And yeah. there's so many ways you can do that. Yeah, and, and it's probably constantly evolving. As your organization grows, as your employees change, you're constantly reevaluating through the lens of the employees that we have or our prospective employees and evolving that, right, to right. fit that culture and make it more inclusive for everyone who is a part of or wants to be a part of your organization, right? Absolutely, and it won't happen overnight. It's mm-hmm. a continuing process, right? Just as individuals, like we grow, we shape, we learn, we make mistakes, we evolve. It's it's the same thing, right? But you must be intentional about it, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's just kind of like that old saying, don't do an employee survey if you don't want to act on the results, right? Mm-hmm. Because the harm, the harm that can come from being what I call performative diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? Where you have, you you don't care, right? You see your competitors doing it. So you say the harm and the cost, right? Mm-hmm. To your business, just don't do it, right? Like yeah. just don't do it, yeah. you know? But understand the impact that that's going to have on you as an organization, Yeah, you know? Yeah, it's great. Well, Kim, I want to ask you, I want to get like a little bit more tangible on this topic and ask you first about what are some things that you have seen over the last few years, especially as you've worked with lots of small businesses? What are the things when it comes to DEI that organizations have missed? And then in a minute, we'll also after that talk about what are the things that you've seen them do right? So first, what what are organizations missing? What they're missing is, is I think just really taking the time to really be educated and understand what truly diversity, equity and inclusion is. You know, I spend so much time in um, immersing myself in professional groups where that HR department is of one is very present. And, you know, to be quite honest, it alarms me, Garrett, what I see, the things, the bias that still shows up, the judgments on candidates that um, is being displayed. And I think it all starts with education, right? I think the reality is, is that we've been, you know, the spotlight has been on this for two years, but there's still a lot of people that have been in the room away from the spotlight and they haven't taken the time to to understand truly what diversity, equity, and inclusion is. And that is absolutely the the wrong, wrong thing right now in 2022. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. So, you know, getting even more tangible, where would you recommend people start on that learning process? And I guess as I'm, as you're thinking about that, I'll put in a plug. That's part of why we started HR Mavericks, right? Is the whole goal there is to democratize HR best practices and knowledge for those who need it most, which often are those small businesses who might not 
be able to afford a massive training session or certification, right? So hopefully that is something or or resources like that are, are things that you can use for free to get started. But what else would you recommend? Where else should people go? Yeah, and I mean, I want to re- reiterate what you're just saying, right? Like HR Mavericks has a complete like... I just wrote an article where we talked about that. So that would be like my first step too, right? Second step is, is that again, in those groups that you're in, ask questions. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cost anything to ask the question, right? Mm -hmm. But I would challenge you to first take that first step. Look at your mission, look at your values, look at your visions, right? And, And just think about maybe two or three things that you want to start with. And to go back to what I said at the very beginning, it doesn't have to be something big. Okay. You know what? Quarter one, we're going to look at our recruiting policies. Quarter two, we're going to look at our onboarding practices. Quarter three, we're going to, you know, to be determined. Quarter four, Mm -hmm. to be determined. I think you start there, but if you are only showing up in spaces with people that look and think like you, right, that's already strike one. Yeah. So be intentional about where you show up. Right. And there are tons of free resources. But again, if you're only going to the resources that, you know, are going to 100 percent align with you. Right. You're missing out. Right. And Mm -hmm. those things are completely free. Mm -hmm. Right. And it it, but you have to be intentional about this. Right. It's, it's, you know, not a game, really. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I think that's such an awesome suggestion. So it really starts with that education. And that's what's really going to help solve a lot of the things that you've seen personally organizations miss, you know, and, and get wrong. Talk to me, though, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, as you've worked with a lot of small businesses, what's something that you see a lot of organizations are doing right when it comes to this? Being honest, I think, I mean, that's the thing, being honest about saying like, we don't know or being honest, you know, I just met with a potential client yesterday that was looking for some training. And, um, you know, what she said was, is that she, she, I could tense a little bit of uncomfort when she was saying that she was looking for affordable training. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to reassure her that is okay. You are a small business, right? Mm-hmm. We like you're not offending me by mm-hmm. saying you need something that is affordable, right? And when I asked her about the steps that they had taken, right? She was just very honest to say, you know, we haven't done enough, right? I think for me as someone who just went through an interview process, right? Mm-hmm. When I asked about the diversity, equity, and inclusion, because I'm going to be honest, it wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? What I appreciated, right, was is that they were honest and they said, we haven't done enough, right? But but we we are listening, we're understanding. And there's so many organizations doing that right now. They're yeah. stepping back, right? And they're evaluating. They're, you know, uh, taking small steps, right? They're sending their leadership to training, right? They're, they're uh, creating ERG groups, right? And that is beautiful, right? You know, and then there's people that are just saying like, you know, hey, I had someone tell me, you know what? I haven't been listening. And you know what? I was, I was irritated. And he Mm -hmm. said, you know what? Now I'm ready to listen. Right. That's that. That's such. I mean, if we could all just listen. Right. Yeah. And I see a lot of that and it's great. 
Yeah. You know, uh, one of the things I think about as you talk about that is I think one of the silver linings to the craziness in the world the last few years, you know, on all aspects, which, you know, part of which has been this great resignation that so many people talk about, which, you know, again, lots of businesses have been hurt by that and by COVID and by so many other things the last few years. But if there's a silver lining in all of that, I think that it has broken down some maybe barriers that used to be there, especially from for companies and to really be transparent and to really look and say, okay, we're not doing everything right or we're not doing maybe as well as we thought we were. So now we got to listen. Now we got to learn and we can to make some progress on that. So, you know, that's one of the things that I've noticed at least is, you know, there's always that silver lining despite the hardships that come. And I think that's one for businesses if they realize it and take advantage of it. Absolutely. You know, and I, one of my favorite sayings in my personal life, right, is there is so much beauty among the chaos, right? Mm-hmm. And like life is this beautiful disaster, right? And the reality is, is that no one's perfect. And if you think you're perfect, you're probably right. the most flawed person, right? And as businesses, right, we learn from our mistakes, right? And those things can either shape us or break us, right? And so, okay, you haven't been doing everything right, right? Okay, so what? Let's yeah. let's 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 start right now. I mean, I know that, you know, for me, I sit on the National Small Business Association Leadership Council, right? And and one of the reasons why I did that is I was very intentional about being a voice for minority businesses, right? And and it's just like you you got to you won't know everything. I don't know everything. I don't pretend to know every everything, but I try to surround myself with people who I can learn from. And it's like, when you make a mistake, right? Like our failures, right? Are some of the most beautiful, beautiful lessons, right? Mm -hmm. Of how we overcome those, right? It only becomes a failure if you don't act on it, right? And so with organizations, I mean, you can do that too. Okay, today's a new day. Yeah, amen. So good. Man, Kim, I could talk about this, I think probably all afternoon with you. This has been such a great conversation, but unfortunately we're running running low on time, but I I really do want to just thank you for all the tips that you shared, the examples. I think there's a lot that people can take from this conversation today. So as we kind of wrap up here, one of the last questions I want to ask you really is, comes down to, you know, what's something that those listening can do this week to improve their HR or people functions? What's a tangible tip or something that you'd recommend they go and do this week? show up somewhere with people that are different than you, right? And don't think like you. Be intentional about that, right? And embrace the uncomfortableness that will come from that. And listen, right? And that doesn't cost anything. I love it. Such a great, such a great tip. Well, uh, Kim, if there are listeners that want to get in contact with you or have follow-up questions on this topic, what's the best way for them to do that? LinkedIn. I'm very much active on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best way to find me. And I'm also on Twitter. Um, but LinkedIn, LinkedIn, okay. please follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. Perfect. We will drop Kim's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. You can find them there. So Kim, thank you again so much for taking the time to be with us today. Hope you have a great rest of the day and great weekend. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'll have a great weekend too. Thanks. Today, enduring companies know that their people are their most important assets and they invest in helping them excel. 
but often small businesses with limited HR resources struggle to manage their people, payroll, and processes efficiently and create an environment where frontline, deskless employees thrive. That's why we created Eddie. Eddie is the all-in-one HR suite built for local businesses that streamlines tedious HR processes and improves the employee experience for frontline workers. With Eddie, you can hire, manage, pay, and engage employees with one easy-to-use software. No headache required. You've already done the hard part by creating a great business. Now let us help you take it to the next level. Visit eddie.com today to request a demo.